You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, LuchaCentral.com presents Straight Out of the Bodega with King Fat Boy Papo Esco. From the wrestling world of the podcast world, it's Straight Out of the Bodega with your host, the King Fat Boy Papo Esco. And the Thursdays don't stop. You have arrived, pulled up. Welcome to another edition of Straight Out of the Bodega. I am your master of ceremonies, the King Fat Boy Papoesco, and we finna take you on this ride. A ride through the blocks, back alleys, and street corners of the bodega. We're gonna talk about everything that's pro wrestling and entertainment. I'm ready, I know you're ready. So take a seat, pour up your favorite drink, and let's ride. You could be anywhere you want in the world right now, but you chose to be here. And for that, I thank you. Thank you for pulling up to another edition of Straight Out of the Bodega. Man, it's a good day. And I hope you're having a good day. I hope you're having a good week. I hope you're having a good month. You know, we're good over here. Pandemic's still going on. I don't really want to get into that right now. I want to keep it positive. But what I will say, actually, is if you're going to go out in the summer sun... And you're going to be around the summer ambiance. Make sure you're wearing your Lucha-Mask.com face cover. You'll be glad you did. All right. You can go out in the summer sun and fight this pandemic by wearing that mask. Go to the site. Take your pick. And then once you get the mask, take a pick. Go on social media and tag Pro Wrestling Revolution, Mass Republic, and Lucha-Mask.com. That's all I'm going to say about that. So I got a lot of good feedback on Popo's pick. A lot of people hit me up on social media. Let me know they enjoyed that movie. That they thoroughly enjoyed the movie and they liked it. I like it. I enjoyed the movie. Or I wouldn't have picked it. It's a comic book movie, man. I love comic book movies. Anytime a comic book is made into a movie, the King Fat Boy Papa Wesco is at the front of the line, ready to give his money so he can watch the thing and give his undivided attention. And I did that. And I like this movie. I'm going to let it breathe for a minute, man. I'm not going to give you another pick for maybe another episode or two. I'm going to let this one breathe. I really want you guys to watch this movie. Give me the good feedback. But give me the bad feedback, too. I know there's some people that are going to watch this thing and not like it. Hit me up on social media. Let me know why you don't like it. Talk to me. I talk back. I always say it. I promise, man. You know, say hi. I'll say hi back. But tell me what you think about this movie. Papo's Pick, The Old Guard on Netflix. Check it out. I'm going to let it breathe for an episode or two. We got a great show for you today. Ricardo Rodriguez pulls up to the podcast to finish the conversation that we started. A lot more good stories. A lot more of a good time. I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. We're going to get to it in a couple minutes. But before we do that, you know we got to take it to the Golden Voice. The first lady of the Lucha Central Podcast Network. The stunning, the lovely, 
the gorgeous Denise Salcedo. She's going to give us all the updates and all the latest news, raw and uncut. And we call it Lucha Central Central. Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch your favorite shows each week or when to try a new one. Tuesday, Mass Mats and Mayhem is back with special guest Arhenis to talk about his time in Lucha Underground, his family legacy, and his future. Plus, the crew puts more names on their wall of shame and hits a number of hot topics including AEW vs NXT and a particular video that made waves on social media last week. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2pm Pacific, 5pm Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at luchacentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. This Tuesday night, there will be no Wrestle Boss with Fabi Chulo, but check out the show's archives and recent interviews with pro wrestling and MMA stars. And tune in next Tuesday when Lucha Underground's Mariachi Loco and the Crash Lucha Libres make a wolf stop by the show. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the chisme from around the lucha world. Find the video version on Facebook Wednesday night through Friday, and then Saturdays download the audio version in podcast form. This week, Supernova stops by along with CEO of the new Lucha Time promotion who will share his vision for the group plus a look at the Comic-Con panel about Lucha Libre as Mexican cultural heritage. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez. This week, it's part two of their jam-packed interview with former WWE superstar Ricardo Rodriguez as they talk his frustrations and ultimately asking for his release from WWE, working in Puerto Rico and Europe, training aspiring wrestlers in India for the great Kali, and the launch of the indie scene in the country. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central Weekly podcast, one in English y el otro en Español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Catch up on the entire week in just 90 minutes and hear coverage of news you are not likely to find on any other podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow all of your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms. And please be sure to give a rating and review to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. Um, and your date, your debut, your actual debut, wasn't it on SmackDown? It was SmackDown oh. August thirteenth, but I think it aired on August seventeenth uh, in Bakersfield. And so. you came out, you came out in front of thousands of people. Yeah, you know, and and you announced his name. Oh, and I was, and, 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 I, and I was watching, waiting for him to fuck it up. I'm like, watch. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, watch, watch. Wait till he fucking fucks up the name and he can't roll the R. I'm going to be so pissed. I'm going to call the agent right now. And he fucking nailed it. Yeah. He nailed it. And he went on to have a, a, a great career as, as the not only the the ring announcer, but at, as the manager. I mean, the you manager. were involved in a lot of good, you know, uh, uh, spots, you know, during yeah. your tenure as Alberto. Well, WrestleMania. Yeah. WrestleMania. I mean, bro, you had a WrestleMania moment that everyone may think it's a gimmick because they announce it. But that's that's that should be just about. I mean, and that includes lucha, Japanese. That includes the world. 
that WrestleMania moment, no matter how small, whether you're backstage, whether you got to hold the uh, a, a stick with fire for Undertaker, whether you were holding a flashlight for whatever, that's huge, dude. And you went from couch to couch to fighting and scratching to being at the ripest at the right time, right. fighting for it and saying, yeah, I'm a ring announcer, but doing it all my life, man. Here, watch, check me out. And the that- um the the thing the thing um and I'm I'm about to drop a big name um like Steamboat was a very a favorite of mine in FCW and um Ste- he's a favorite of many I would hope uh, Ricky Steamboat was a favorite of mine and then just how he, he he always treated me well and he he would use me for as examples um and I remember one specific he was talking about picking your moments. Um, he was talking about matches, like, you know, how like certain people pick their moments, when to like get the crowd and such and such. Right. And then, and then I would just ringside and he's like, like this guy, um, even though he's only on screen for like five seconds, he makes it his five seconds. Yep. Nobody else's. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. And that always stuck with me. That always stuck with me. Um, that, that's, wow. that's kind of familiar to what cloudy told you, right? Look, bro. Yeah. It's your turn to shine. Yeah. And it's funny because I remember I, I remember I had seen an interview um, with Jeff Hardy, and uh, he was talking about his first match, I think, in WWE, and I guess it was with Razor Ramon. And then I guess Jeff wanted to do all this stuff, and then uh, uh, and then Scott Hall was like, "No, no, no, no! Now is not, <laughs> not your time." Like, no, no, he's like, "Now is not your time. Now is my time. You'll you'll have your moment." Um, so it's so, sort of, sort of related to, sort of, like. Well, you had you had a lot of moments, man. I mean, take me through some of the the highlights of your WWE uh, career. I mean, you you were in a lot of high spots. I know, I know. Gabe said, you know, the, the WrestleMania moment was huge. But what other, you know, times in the lifetime of WWE can you remember that was just like something that you will never ever forget? Obviously, my first WrestleMania. That that'll I'll never forget. My first WrestleMania, Atlanta at the Georgia Dome, uh, sixty-two thousand people, sixty something thousand, whatever it was. Um, that to me is always going to live forever. Um, obviously, my first Royal Rumble that I was a part of. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, the year prior, uh, Alberto won the Royal Rumble in Boston at the TD Garden uh, in two thousand eleven. Um, I was in the Royal Rumble 2012, and I was in the ring with Mick Foley. Uh, I eliminated Justin Gabriel. Uh, I spent an old uh, freaking car. And then later that year, I got sent through a table at TL- uh, through a table at TLC. At TLC yeah. in December. You were you were climbing to the top of the ladder, right? You were trying yeah. to reach that championship for Alberto, and um, and then Miz it, and it was Miz, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but you, you, it's funny though. You trained lucha, you trained striking, you trained all this, and now you find yourself from ring announcer to manager to comedy. How? Yeah. At, at what point were you like, dude? I get it. You know, it was my dream, but I've been there, done that. Now, I want to wrestle. At any point. Oh, that was always there. But did no, you, like that, that never left. But did you like, ever push for it? I did you want to wrestle? Did you ever at any point go, "Hey guys, I, I want to wrestle," or did you say, "You know what? I'm not going to be. A, I'm not going to complain. I'm happy where I'm at. I don't want to rock the boat." Did you ever decide to say, "Hey, no, guys, I can also wrestle," you know, or was it them they already knew? I mean, did you blow your own horn, or was somebody there to back you up for that? <laughs> 
No, no, no. Like, like I would always get in the ring before Raw and SmackDown. I was always in the ring anyways, rolling around, whether it was with my uh, just me running the ropes, uh, doing resortes off, you know, springboards or whatever. Right. Uh, I would grab the gra- crash pad and I would just dick around. Or like if if one of the extras that I knew was there that I knew, I would tell him, hey, let's let's roll around the ring. Let's just like chain. Let's just grapple. Um, uh, or I was working with the with the tryouts. I would I would do a match with one of the tryouts. Um, so they knew that I knew how to work. They knew that I, that I knew how to wrestle. Um, they would have me work under a mask uh, at FCW or NXT or uh, on the house shows to help out the other guys that were coming up from FCW or NXT. Were you working as uh, Chimera, so they, or you had different? Yeah, uh, uh, local. El local. Yeah. El local. You start. You 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 were working as Chimera in the early stages, though, right? Once of FCW. Uh, twice, okay. twice, twice, twice in uh, in FCW. Twice under that name. Um. But uh, but yeah, that that didn't last long. Uh, they ended up because I, I started working as El Local. So anytime I worked uh, in FCW or NXT under the mask, they would put me as El Local, and I hated it. But that's what I get for opening up my mouth. I uh, But you you did work as El Local, and you were on NXT, you know, Saturday Morning Slam, things like that. You teamed with some guys, right? Like Tyson Kidd under a mask. Yeah, uh, they, Cali- he, he had a, <laughs> They had given him a, a cheap little Ultimate Dragon mask. <laughs> there is no such thing as anything cheap with Ultimo Dragon, all right? That's true, very true, very true, very true, very true. My apologies. I take it back. That's, I take it back. You know what? That's funny, though, because uh, when they gave him that mask, I mean, did anyone go, hey, by the way, do, do you think that map looks familiar? You know what I mean? Or- no, no, I, I did. I did. He did. So did, uh, like, all of us, uh, like, uh, all the wrestling nerds, like us, um, uh, 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 ah, shoot, Brian Myers. Uh, oh, um, Kurt Hawkins. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, Zach Ryder were like, "Hey, that's also my Dragons match," and they're like, "Ah, oh, whatever, just, just go." Like, well, fuck okay, it. Okay, fuck it. Wow, <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Well, man, you, you, you had a wild ride in in the WWE. I mean, so many memories, so much to to you know to never forget. You know, um. At what point did you start seeing, you know, any type of writing on the wall that would suggest that your time was nearing and, uh, you know, you were going to get uh, released or, or or did you get released? I'm not sure. No, about that. I never got to... released. I asked for it. You um, asked for it. Yeah. Once they split me up from Alberto and then I did my run with RVD. And then once that came to an end, uh, I was doing like the, the Spanish backstage segments and I was doing the Spanish uh, commentary on the pay-per-views. But uh, but I would I was I would constantly uh, bug the writers. I would su- suggest ideas. I would ask. I would beg. I would wait outside their fucking office, hoping to speak to somebody so I can think of so we can think of something. Right. Um. I was going down to FCW and then um, and like I started getting frustrated because they took me off of the the live events and then I wasn't doing the tryouts anymore. They took me off of those. Um. So then I was like, fuck, man, like, I, like, I'm not doing anything. And, uh, and then because I was on a different pay system than, than other folks, uh, I wasn't really pay- getting paid much weekly. Um, it was a matter of the more you work, the more you got paid, I, right? I was on that. Yeah, I was on that system. And, and for uh, you, you know, being so hungry and being so passionate about the sport, you know, and I hear a lot of stories about this, you know. I got mad. One of the reasons, yeah, you just got angry. You didn't, you didn't, you wanted to work. You wanted to wrestle and be out there, you know. Um, what was that frustration like? And and when you reached the, the climax of that frustration, you know, who did you talk to about saying, you know what, I just, I got to go, man. 
Um, well, I was supposed to get on a flight um, in towards what was it like? Uh, I think mid, no, late, late July of whatever. I, I forget what year it was. Um, I was supposed to get on a flight on a Sunday night, and I just didn't get on it. Uh, I was angry. I was so mad. And I don't know if you've ever been so mad, you just go numb. You just completely go numb. You don't feel anything. Yeah, I've been there. And um, because you were you were so emotional that everything just shuts off. And I was like, "Fuck it, I'm. I don't. I don't want to go anymore." I just. I, it was basically that. I was like, "I'm not going." Damn. And you didn't get on that plane. Yeah, I didn't get on a plane. I woke up in the morning uh, on Monday. I called Mark Carano, and then I was like, "Hey, man, listen, I'm." Uh, I'm not going to come in. I think I'm done. I just want to say thank you very much for the opportunity. Um, just want to say thank you to Vince and Paul and, 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 and Johnny. And then Mark is like, um, where are you? I was like, well, I'm still in bed, man. I'm still at home. Um, he's like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, I just want to say thank you. But, uh, you know, I've, I've, and I, I ran down the whole thing. I was like, I've tried talking to you guys. I've, I've tried to talk to you about my financial uh, situation and we've been going on this for over six months and it still hasn't been fixed. I've been pitching ideas to the writers and nobody's given me the time of day. Um, and then I've, I've, I've asked to see if I can work down in FCW and I'm not get or NXC and I'm not getting anything. So, uh, you know, I, I just want to say thank you, but I think I'm done. He's like, uh, we'll just stay home. Um, let me, let me talk to Vince and Paul and then, and I'll give you a call back. I was like, all right. So then he called me back on a Wednesday afternoon. It was like four thirty, five o'clock in the afternoon. And then he's like, hey, I just talked to Vince and Paul, and then they're going to grant you a release. Um, thank you for your time, and the door is always open for you. I was like, ah, yeah, whatever. But no, I was like, yeah, yeah. thank you. Um, so, yeah, man, you 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 ended you ended your time there in the WWE. And, you know, from my perspective, you had a great run. I was, I was a fan of yours when I was watching you. Um, you know, do your thing in the WWE, but as, as, as I've heard sometime before, you know, for, for a lot of people, you know, leaving the WWE and the frustrations that come with things like you explained, uh, you, 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 you start breathing a breath of fresh air and you start getting a little bit reinvigorated. Now, after you left, I feel like you started, you know, really going out and, and, and working a little bit more at first, right? You I mean, you went to World Wrestling Council. Yeah, uh, you had you had a stint in AAA. Talk to me about you leaving. Talk to me about what you thought or what you had an idea of what was going to be next, and and what your first steps were to get there. I wanted Japan. That's all I wanted. I wanted Japan. I the main um, goal. Yeah. When when I when I left WWE, I figured okay, I'm fresh off of WWE. Um, even though I I've, I've never really been like buddy buddies, I was always cool and mutual with uh, Lance Hoyt. Yeah. Um, because he was, we were together in WWE. So I, I, and then he was a big name and always still is in New Japan. So I, I, I contacted him. I was like, hey, listen, uh, I just left. This is what's going on. Uh, who do I, I, I don't need you to, to, to like ask for a booking. I just need to know who do I go to talk to because I have no direction mm-hmm. of who to talk to. Um, and then he told me, and at the time, I believe I believed them at the time because there weren't many Americans over there at the time. Right. Um, there were only like a handful that were there. Um, he's like, hey, right now it's really hard because they're not interested in many Americans unless, you know, like him, like, you know, tall and whatever. So I was like, cool, no, that's fine. Um, like, I appreciate it. And then that was that. 
But at the time, I also, I mean, I was busy. I was back and forth from Puerto Rico. Uh, I was working for Carlos Colon back and forth. Uh, we're yeah. doing Europe again. Uh, India. Right, but uh, but did when he told you that, did you not pursue it? No, no, no. It, it wasn't that. It's just at the time he told me he's like right now, and and again, I, at the time, I I'm trying to think how many Americans they had over there because there weren't many. Right, uh, but did you pursue it? Did you ask the person for that? No, 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 no. I never got. I never got an email or anything. I never got a contact. That's um, rough because typically. Anyone would del- I don't want to say anyone, but the majority, someone who has WrestleMania, WWE television, so on. I was ne- bear in mind though, like I was never a wrestler in WWE though. So like I and still to this day, I still have that against me because even to this day, I still have to argue that when I message promoters, um, hey, my name is Tarara. I was in WWE for X amount of time. I've been wrestling for well now fourteen years. And I can't tell you how many times and how much I want to punch the screen when I get, I didn't know you were a wrestler. <laughs> or, hey, can you wrestle? <laughs> Sorry, kid. We already have a ring announcer. Uh... Yeah. Like, fuck, man. So, like, the WWE gimmick, the Ricardo thing was a blessing and a, and a curse at the same time. And I'm, I'm beyond grateful for what it did for me. I am. I'm, I'm grateful that, I, obviously, I got to do what I did. I, but why a I curse? Yeah, because it's it's hurting on the booking side as far as wrestling goes. Right, because people were saying, "Oh man, you you're a ring announcer. We don't need that. We need wrestlers." Yeah, they yeah, or yeah, or they don't know, or they don't know that, or they don't but, know that I work. Right, right, exactly. But wouldn't you say that it was a blessing, a curse, and a blessing again? Because I mean, you did make your way back to AAA. You reassumed your role with Alberto Del Rio, and it looked like. You know, it looked like for me that it was going to be lightning in a bottle again, right? I mean, yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, though that was only a one time thing, that was a one time, yeah, uh, yeah, that was only a one time thing, only because I was there for Alberto's brother's wedding. And which I, brother? Uh, well, he only has one brother, Pablo. Uh, no, 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 it's the uh, uh, Bemo. Uh, um, see, that's two brothers, but only he has more than one brother, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <It's> the, <laughs> I don't know that he has anybody. I, I have no clue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought it was Pablo. No, but see, that, 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 the thing is that I guess, and that, that's what I was saying. You know how I was asking you when you were doing Greenhorn stuff, at no point did you feel it was clicking for you not to want to do it no more? So don't you think saying it was a curse maybe is too much? Because if all you got to do at one point in time when you're in that backyard and they told you, hey, look, man. The most you're ever going to do is you're going to get a quick thing on TV and you'll be on WrestleManias and, and Royal Rumbles. And that's what you'll ever do. You would have said yes in a heartbeat, right? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. You know, because uh, uh, I think if your curse is to be on WWE television, tell me where I get in line now. Right. Yeah, that's a good that's a good curse to Let have. Let me know right now. Oh, you know, I already went there seventeen times, bro. I keep changing my <laughs> I changed my name, my picture, all this stuff. And they don't call me back. You know, so now do you think at what at any point in time when uh, you got the phone call and say, Look, we we gave you your release, I'm sure at first like a like, cool man, now I can move forward. But yeah, at yeah. any point in time, did you feel like oh shit? You might get what you wish for now. I'm being- no, yeah, no, no. Of course, of course. Like, I, I, obviously, at first, at first, it was, it was, it was, uh, like, I was still numb. I was angry at wrestling. I hated wrestling for a good while, man. I, I was and so that's bitter. very common too with people that get let go or leave. 
uh, I was I was so bitter. I hated anything because like uh, they were constant. I remember like uh, I made some comments. I regret it. I made some comments, but uh, um, I regret it now. But it's, I mean, I was so pissed off, man. I hated that place so much. Um, like obviously, this ass of whatever, let it go and. Uh, but uh, but yeah, no, like it, it was it was at first I was numb. I hated it. I I, I was numb towards feeling of of like I just left. Like I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel like I didn't feel happy. I didn't feel relieved. Uh, I was um, I was angry. And um, I was so busy though because I was going back and. To uh, to Puerto Rico, um, I was all over the independence. I was going back to Europe, and it happened all like in one sitting. But now, when you were doing all these spots, you know, like after the fact, like Puerto Rico and Europe and all that stuff, um, were you being brought in as Chimera, or were you being brought in as Ricardo Rodriguez, who also was going to wrestle? Um, like, yeah. What were yeah. you being brought in? Because if people were used to you being the ring announcer, and then you got the RB, uh, RBD, and you split off, and so on, were you were you being advertised as you know formerly known as, or were you still Ricardo Rodriguez? I'll I'll show up in the suit and tie, but I'm going to wrestle in my chimera, like because now you have that thin line where no one knows you as a wrestler, but you're being booked as a ring announcer who can wrestle. How did did you do anything to clear that up, or did you let it roll to keep the bookies coming in? No, I just kept, I just kept it going. Um, they were bringing me in. I was uh, I would come out do like a promo for the most part. This is what what normally would happen. I would do a promo. The other person comes out. We scruffle, and then all of a sudden the match happens. And then that's always like, that was easy, the oh, easy the way. ECW to, like, booking, huh? Yeah, that was the easy way of yeah, doing it. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden, yeah, the match happens. So that 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 was predominantly what happened, and then and then eventually from there, uh, being brought back, like like I said, same with Puerto Rico. Like I told you before, in Puerto Rico, how they still work over there, or at least I don't know if they still work all of them the same way, or if they were testing me. Um, <laughs> I've, al- I've always been curious. I've always been curious about that. You know, Puerto Rico. You always hear them stories about how they're real aggressive. Puerto Rico like, is like yeah a, a place that is still 1979. Oh, they still throwing it, cups of pee. Yeah, there's there's they're, 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 <laughs> oh you know it's still you know 2005, 6, 10, 20. But it, when it comes to wrestling, it's still 1979. There, man, they they love their babies and they hate those heels. Yeah. Because my set, uh, my first set of of matches over there were against like their top babyface of Ray Gonzalez. Yeah, and uh, and we called all of it in the ring, and and then I don't know if, like I said, um, I would go up to him just see if he wanted to go over anything. He would just you know just like, oh yeah, we'll just do this, and then he'll walk away. And I was like, all right, whatever. Um, and then we would go and have these matches, and because he, and then I didn't realize that he was the top babyface, but because he he was. We didn't have to do fuck. All. We didn't have to call anything. We just called him the ring because he was so over. Wow! Uh, wow! So anything wow. that I did to him, anything I did to him, the crowd would just react. Now, at any so point in time, at any point in time, did you feel, you know, we know what I'm here in Puerto Rico. I'll I'll stay here for a minute. I'll do some good programs with, with you know, with uh, you know whoever the top Apollo and all those great guys and I'll do my stuff here because it's a backdoor to WWE, which in old times it was, it were, was, were, was that any 
at any point in time were you looking for that back door to get back in there? No, that that never honestly that never crossed my mind. Uh, that never came about uh, in my head. Um, like I said, I was I was busy at the time. Um, so like I would finish Puerto Rico like on a on a Friday. I would fly back to Florida, do a show on Saturday, then fly off somewhere else, do a show on Sunday. So I was busy. But you did have you did have a couple of good programs out there, man. I mean, you even held the heavyweight belt out. In, uh, yeah, I had. Well, I had. Right? I had their version of the Intercontinental. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So I had well, version. I mean, damn, dude. You know, you had you had a great a, a great run so far, man. I mean, coming up from the SoCal scene, you know, learning through trial and error, getting to the WWE, and and just having a great run there. I, I want to switch gears a little bit, man, and I want to talk about something. Um, that, uh, by chance, you know, and, and through Gabe, you know, thanks to Gabe got me to meet you, which was training. Um, I know you, you've been training and, and you, you do a lot of training. Um, you, did you, when did you start training and was, uh, the training in, uh, India, was that the first time that you actually started, you know, that portion of your career? No, uh, no, I, you know, I don't know exactly when I started teaching, um, you don't know I when know, you started teaching. Uh, I don't know exactly when. I think Popo what? happened to say what he was thinking at the same time. He goes, what the fuck <laughs> you to <don't> mean? <laughs> <laughs> you were not on mute, brother. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, that, like, what do you mean by that? I mean, were you doing training during your WWE? You know, ten years. Yeah, I, I, mean, I was, I was teaching. Uh, I was teaching the guys um, that were to help before Ron. And it wasn't like pointed. It was like I was in the ring. They saw that I knew how to do some stuff, and then guys and the girls teach them how to do this. Or I want to learn how to do this, and then little by little, that's how it became a thing. And then that's when they started also letting me. Like when when people will come up from FCW, they're like, "Hey, just put him in there with Ricardo, you know, for the dark match or whatever." Um, but that's a compliment, right? That's a huge compliment for you. You know, they go because every promotion wants to have that safeguard guy that can work. You know, anybody and yeah. hey, oh, he can catch. Don't worry, he can catch. Oh, he's a shooter. No, no, he can grapple. Don't worry. Oh, no, he yeah. can do this. I ah, don't worry. So, you know, that's a huge compliment for you, but. At what point did you flip it from like working with the guys and WWE and so on? But when did that label of trainer did that fall into your lap? I mean, did, was it in Florida where you first started training? You know, um, outside of WWE. But when was it you first said, "You know what? I think I'm into this." It was definitely in Florida because um, even even when I was still with WWE, um, uh, I, like when I was home. And I had time to myself. I would go to like a local training school, and I would, you know, play around there. I would roll around, and then I would grab, you know, like I would teach certain people. Um, I would get like their, their 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 newbies, and I would teach them how to grapple, how to like how to roll, how to run the ropes. Uh, and then eventually, I started working with more of like the experienced guys and the girls, and we started going from there. And then um, we opened. Well, not me. Uh, Alex Porto opened up Pro Wrestling 2.0, and I was uh, the the main trainer there um and then from there like i did the same thing that i did in india i was constantly putting everything up online just to get the name out 
And eventually with time, when the guys and the girls from F NXT uh, wanted extra training, they would come to me. They would come to Pro Wrestling 2.0 because they knew that I was there and I would you know, help with, I would work with them. Um, so talent from NXT or FCW were coming to go work with you? Yeah. No heat. Yeah. Or 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 guys or guys that, and girls that were having they're about to have a tryout. Right. Um, would come to me, um, to so I can get them ready for it. I would run through the drills. I would run through like all the cardio, all the conditioning, what they were looking for, uh, and some of them got picked up. Uh, now, some of them but now out. you're you're back to the same thing again. At no point did you think, well, shit, I'm still helping these guys out, and I'm not with the company. I'm preparing talent for them. They're getting signed. You know what I mean? At any point, did you knock on that door and go, hey, guys, is there anything me at the PC? You know, I'll sweep the floors. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll empty the, the, the soap dish, you know, to get a shot to, to get in there somehow. Or, no, were, or were you still I mean, not time, into it? Were you still, nah, like, time, you still, still angry? You still angry? Uh, I was so, I was so, I was so Damn, mad. Damn, you hold a grudge for a long time. There, I mean, we do. If, we do. Dude, if, you knew, if, if you guys knew, man, if you guys knew, I, I was, it, it was, yeah, I was just angry. I was angry. And, but, I mean, like I said, times have passed. And, I mean, I'm still doing my thing. If, if I'm, I'm open to the suggestion if it ever happens. Got it. Very, very more than happy to do it. Would you, I, would you do like an old school, uh, raw SmackDown and they bring you back? Would you be into doing that one, one, of one off gimmick? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, and then we both know that in this sport, uh, never say never. That's right. So that's never right. Know. I like I like how you how you say sport. You know, because I mean, it is. Oh, it is. It is. It is. For, for so for so long, people try to throw you know entertainment down our throats, and I, I, I you know, going back to training, you know, training when you train, you know, I feel like the philosophy should be train you learn how to chain wrestle you learn how to give heat you learn how to you know perform and execute the moves in a safe manner and and all the you know all the entertainment aspect can come later as you get into the ring and start working on a professional level um what what are your philosophies on training in terms of um i know you know for 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 me because all i know is pro wrestling revolution training academy and i know that gabe uh, will will he'll he will analyze each person and you know it's not so much a sink or swim mentality it's a you know you're 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 more advanced than this person so I'm gonna give you a little bit more than this person but in in essence everyone gets an equal amount of opportunities to succeed yes. is that your philosophy or is it sink or swim you know and 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 if you drown whatever what is your philosophy no no, no 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 like uh, i mean we're we're here to coach we're here to, to to push people we're here to to guide most importantly we're here to guide that's my job is to guide somebody that for if for whatever reason because like there's there's people that i just can't find a way to get to them so my mission is to find a way to get to them uh, that's that's my challenge that I can train this person. I can do it. Um, do I think it's it's for everybody? No, no, I don't think it's for everybody. Uh, I don't think it should be easy either. Um, right. But I will make sure I find a way to help you guide through it. Yeah. I don't think yeah. it's easy because then, like I said, everybody can do. Everybody will be doing right. it. Right. If if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. And you have to have some level of you know coordination or some level of athleticism before you get in there and do it. I remember you know me, you know coming into this. I, I was 
I, I, I thought I was too old, man. You know, I, I, did, I didn't, you know, think I was going to be able to do it. I wanted to start out a different way. And then once Gabe started taking me through the motions of the rolls and the bumps and things like that, I started seeing that, yeah, I can do it. And, I started and that's, that's, up a that's what quick. I mean. We're here to guide. We're, we're, right. We're guidance. We're guidance counselors. We're, we're, we're trainers. We, we teach you. We are. We are, we, are, we are professional babysitters, too. Don't forget, don't forget <laughs> that part. Now, <laughs> so you're training and you're getting the hang of it. Who came knocking on the door to go to India with Dalip? Yeah. Uh, Jinder Mahal. Ah, Jinder Mahal did. Okay, so was what? Now, why didn't Gender train? Why was it? Why was it looking? Was it because the WWE thing, or they just wanted to have a trainer out there? Uh, I don't, I don't remember the timeline. I don't know if he was still with WWE at the time, though. I don't remember because obviously uh, it was for Delip and Delip, you know, Giant Singh or whatever. Yeah. it's you know everyone, you know, everyone knows who he is and. And he has his hands in that WWE pot as well, and he could have called and so on. How did it, I mean? How did he well, go to Jinder? Jinder go to you, or was it a was it a casting when they were looking for uh, someone to train on here? It was kind of like a casting type thing almost because he it was he posted it up on Facebook and I just responded. And then uh, Dalip posted on Facebook. Time, yeah, he posted on Facebook. If anybody <laughs> was interested in going to India, if anybody was interested in going to India, and I, I was like, ah, fuck. I mean, I got nothing going right, on right why now. Not, like, right? I was like, I'll try it. I've never been to India. And the reason I laughed is because when I first met Dalip, Dalip um, uh, had always a translator. Oh, I'm sorry, interpreter with him. Yeah. And so yeah. to talk to Dalip, I had to talk to the interpreter, tell him, and then so it's almost impossible to tell Dalip a joke because by the time. The guy interprets it over. He looks, huh? <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, so uh, it, I find it, you know, awesome because when I did meet him, it was, you know, we had to go over stuff a million times, bookings and matches yeah. and so on. And now he's on social media posting, hey, you want to come to India and train? Did it, <laughs> did, did it seem like it was a scam? You know, kind of like when you get those emails, hey, man, you have a million dollars in your bank. <laughs> you want to chase it? I mean, obviously. I mean, at first, at first, I was like, ah, uh, well, yeah, well, we'll see. But because it was gender, because it was from gender, and I, I talked to him, he was like, yeah, Kali's opening up a thing over here, and he just wants a trainer. I was like, I'll, I'll do it. Why not? But, uh, but, I, and then, and like, I mean, I, I guess also, like, my upbringing in wrestling of, like, going, you know, sleeping in my car, going from, you know, couch to couch, uh, doing, doing, like, the, the truck stop showers. Yep. Uh, yep, 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 yep. Like, uh, like I was low maintenance. I was used yeah. to that. Well, when so, you got uh, to India, was that what we were doing? In oh, no, we no, no, no. <laughs> well, not for me, <laughs> not for me. But it was a, it was a huge culture shock too. It was a big difference. It was yeah, a big talk difference to, us, to the U.S. Talk to us about that culture shock, man. I mean, what was it like? You know, just dealing with the different, the, the language barrier first of all. You know, let alone the, the 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 you know the cultural aspect of it. You know, what was it like training these guys who probably I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Spoke little to no English whatsoever, right? Well, bear in mind uh, the 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 English or the British used to used to rule India, so there's a lot of English speakers. Yep. Um, well, here I go, not being educated. Look, enough. I was not gonna. Say, I wasn't me. gonna say anything, but I was waiting for because uh, you guys don't know, man. Uh, Ricardo's very smart, and he just yeah. schooled Popo. See, Popo <laughs> only knows about like. Old school hip hop, you know, he's a that's right. He's a food, the he's a foodie, the bodegas, you know I mean? 
And then he says, "Tell me, Ricardo. No one speaks English in India. Talk to me." I was, kind of, I was, I was trying. You know what I was trying to do, though. You know what I was trying to do. Gabe? Trying to put him trying, over, right? Trying to, get, trying to put him over. I was trying to get Ricardo. I was trying to get Ricardo to tell me something that he told me when we were training, which was, uh, you know, uh, wrestling or lucha is my language, right? Remember, you you said that you, you said lucha is my language. We don't need to have you know any type of you know. Uh, difference in language don't, it doesn't matter don't save them don't save them ricardo let them let, <laughs> jump off the, uh, uh, jump, uh, off, well, jump, jump off the apron and keep on going bro move on <laughs> hey remember earlier in the podcast when i said uh you know i've been there i've blown spots before. yeah you blew it here's one of them Here, here's one of them <laughs> so now when you're there um and you first started i mean i i first saw you had like maybe seventy-seven thousand kids in one building um and w- i know the leap was there for like opening day cutting the ribbon and so on but after that, was he there still, or were you, was this you know, all you now? It was uh, as far as training went. It was just me. Like he would come in and out of the building, but like you know, just whatever to do, come in and say hi or whatever. Right. Um, but as far as training went, it was just me uh, the whole day, six days a week. Um, the yeah, uh, yeah, like I was split. I would start like around eight nine o'clock in the morning. I would have finished around eight or nine at night. Wow. Uh, and that was six days a week. And these are guys that, that had like no training. Whatever training they had, it was from. So you know. Now was there was there a promotion that went along with the with the training not academy? Not the time. Not the time. Just strictly the school. Because eventually, you guys held a show that drew seven billion people in one place at one time, which yeah, was eventually. phenomenal, man. I mean, that has to be bigger than the Georgia Dome crowd, right? Um. Uh, Close, close, huh? Close. So we, we, I had this. I was there for six months, and what I wanted by the end of that, those six months, was to run a small little tour. Uh, I want to run shows. That's what I wanted by the time I was done. Um, so after three months, I convinced Kali to let me do uh, house shows at the school, and uh, just so I can get the kids to get uh, familiarized with the crowd. Yeah, how to work. So eventually, stuff, eventually yeah. we started. Yeah, eventually we started having little house shows. Like the first show, we started like an hour late. We're on lucha time, <laughs> and then, um, so you were early. Yeah. So, and then we only had like people. Uh, <laughs> but uh, for then, as time goes on, as time went on, like we started actually getting out, and and I told the guys, I was like, "What I want from you guys is that by the time we go to the market on Sunday." And people are going to recognize you and they're going to ask you for your pictures and your autograph. And sure enough, that's what ended up happening. Beautiful. Wow, that's awesome, man. So now, the time, by the time that I, f- I finished my time there, we ran three shows throughout northern India. Now, I want, I want to ask this question because, you know, obviously I, I had no idea that there was no language barrier. So forgive me. Well, there's some. Uh, Gabe, there's some. Gabe, oh, there there's some. Gabe, just that, right. you know, you assume that none of them spoke English. That's all. I hear you. <laughs> so Gabe, Gabe made a you know comment. You know, you, you guys, you know, had a, a, a lot of people, you know, similar to the people that would fill in the Georgia Dome. These three shows, did, is that where this, you know, this crowd came about? And how many people actually was it? Well, the first the week shows um, uh, in, in cricket fields. Cricket fields are big. Yeah. Um, they're massive. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what we ran, we had about 23,000. Uh, the second one, that was 52. 
And then the last 52, one. 52,000? Yes, 52,000. Yes, 52, Are you fucking kidding oh, me bro, right now? If you saw the picture of the last show, it looks like, I, I'm not going to say WrestleMania, but I have to because it literally looks like it was all of India went to that show. And 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 the, 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 the cricket field is because they had all the bleachers filled up. Um, but like the, the, the field itself wasn't filled, so they could have stacked Oh my it. god. Well, here's the best part you have 23,000, 52,000, 62,000. And the third one, because of weather, was we only had 13. Oh, only, only had 13. Here's ready, wow. ready. Here's the best part with those big ass crowds, you must have had a hell of a payday. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, yeah, we'll talk about that <laughs> another time. But, but Ricardo, I mean, let me ask you this, brother: what, what, was every single person that that ring these matches were were they all people that you you trained? No, uh, half of them. We had a lot of international clients, and uh, but what we did was flying with our kids. Yeah, because you also had a uh, Santana Garrett out there, right? Santana and you, Garrett, Chelsea Green, yeah, Katie Ford. Yep. Uh, oh, okay, Gage, okay. I got and it, and okay. here's Gabriel. the best. Here's the best part. He never called me for a booking. You know, uh, <laughs> you know. I you, just so you guys know, he was the Silver Dragon for me, one of the original Silver Dragons that to this day <laughs> still lives at all the flea market shows and festivals. You know, uh, but uh, he was also Chimera and Silver. So give him double bookings. I never got the call to go to India. Just, just, wow. just, just saying, just saying. So, un, so ungrateful. Tell me now. We now he's on this podcast. Now we're putting him on our radio. Blame Colleen. Blame Colleen. I will, bro. Every time I'm waiting for him to answer my first MySpace message. I sent oh, him. he's not going. To. I know. He's not, he's not, dude. He's not going. To. I already asked him from his text. Uh, he texted me one time. Hey, uh, he goes, uh, brother. I heard Roland passed away. It's like, yeah, bro. He passed away, and he goes, oh, very sad. And so I sent him his next message. He hasn't responded yet, so I'm waiting, I'm waiting to hear uh, what he says next. But, I mean, it's almost like you came full circle, right, you know, from working, you know, with a trainer who's beating your ass, and now you are making these kids' eyes sparkle and going, holy shit, we don't know what the hell is going on, to having a seven-foot-three giant bringing this uh, Mexicano to show us how to do lucha spots. Because I watch your videos, bro, and I'm going to tell you Man. flat out, I steal your shit Every fucking second I can, because so that was that was probably one of the reasons why we brought you, you in. You brought him because up. somebody yeah. asked yeah. me, "Hey, did you make this up?" Because sometimes I make shit up. I go, "This is mine. I made it up." And uh, if somebody else made it up, I never saw it. I made this up. But yeah. I taught them a move, and they go, "Man, this is badass. Did you make this up?" I'm like, "Man, I want to. Yes, but no, I stole it. They're from who? <laughs> I go from this guy. They're really. I go look him up. I go, this guy is so creative. I go, fuck. Why don't you just bring him in? You know what I mean? And you are, and I said it, I said this before you came in, and I told everyone, he's really good, but watch out, he is cocky. He, oh, yeah. He is cocky, I go, so oh, yeah. if you guys can't deal with his attitude, you're not going to learn shit. And Papa, <laughs> if I'm lying, correct me. I told you guys no, you're right. And you're right. But I tell you what, I, I said this to you when you left, I said this to you now, I said it to my kids after you, you, know, you left and the following class happened, you are very, very underrated, um, I don't want to say as a wrestler because I don't I don't remember much of you because by the time we were together you were gone and you're a announcer and you're on television. Mm -hmm. But yeah. training is where I see 
you're I, I think when someone is, is a legitimate trainer is when you actually see the true love for the business because I think people sometimes do this because of oh the lights and the money and blah 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 and it's never there and they quit but the your mentality for 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 lucha and hybrid and the fact that you do appreciate you know not just the American lucha but you appreciate lucha lucha libre mexicana and and you you're a hybrid you're exactly what what I try to teach my kids, and I told you, if you lived here, bro, in up in our area, you you'd be my trainer. You know, I'd step away, and and I've had trainers like Skyday, I've had trainers, Lady Apache, I've had Super Crazy, you know, Hoovy, all those guys come in. But if you were here, you know, believe it or not, I would prefer to have you as a trainer over Skyday any day, because Skyday is an absolute genius, and many people can say that with me as a trainer. But he's only going to teach you lucha, and he's going to lock you up. And then once you're locked up, there's no out. And right. with you, I think you have the mentality: I'm going to lock you out, but I'm going to flip it into this American spot that will go cool with this lucha spot. And then you can yeah. do X, Y, and Z. And that's how my brain works. So I, I definitely fell in love with your mentality, your work rate, and Thank I you. think you are the most underrated guy out there. And I can see your frustration because definitely someone who has the love that has for you, you're a smart guy, which I think people don't give you credit for. Um, and anyone who's a graphic designer is fucking A-OK in my book, tell you that much, because <laughs> that's what I do. You know, so now where do you go? You've done WrestleMania, you've done freaking sixty two thousand people in India, wow. you train kids, these kids that you train got signed by WWE, you've helped kids get Get ready for the tryouts. They get signed. Um, you've gone back AAA. You did your one shot with, with you know, you got to rehash all good times. What What's next? Where does Ricardo go from here? Is, well, is Chimera done? Is Ricardo done? No. What, what, I mean, what's next? Because at some point, we do have to hang it up. What, what do you okay. foresee? Well, I'm I'm only 34, and then I can my body can still go. Uh, That's I old, like. bro. That's old. Oh, hold on. I can still go. I still got another couple of years left in me. Papa, how old are you? <laughs> 20, 28. <laughs> 28. That was. No, I will say this. I will say this. One of the first things that we have to do once we get back from this pandemic in tw- 2027, we need to go to Winchester Mystery House. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget yeah, that. Sure. That place yeah, yeah, yeah. sucks, guys. Yeah. You, hey man, I don't no, care. dude. We don't care. Look, we we look, don't care. We're going. You want to go to Mystery House, bro? Go to Mexico. Go on the pinche. We've talked about go, this. Turn off the lights. <laughs> Go walk in a fucking Rio with the lights off. That's the mystery house, bro. La Llorona. El Cucuy. That's it, bro. Mystery house is the biggest work since fucking Cauliflower Alley. But no, that, that, you know, Gabe, Gabe, Gabe does. Oh, sorry. I said that out loud. Sorry. Gabe does present a great point, man. I mean, the pandemic is only going to go so far. Sooner or later. We are gonna get back to it, and you got a lot of you got a lot of gas left in your tank, brother. I mean, yeah, for sure. Were- no, I mean, and, and even even before this whole thing went down, I, I had plans already. I, I had a tour in Europe. Yes, um, I remember because when you were leaving us, you were on your way out. Yeah, I was. I was gonna head out to yeah. Europe. Um, That's right. Unfortunately, nothing happened because of this whole thing. Um, I I was in talks with this promoter from South Korea about going over there to teach over there. That's huge. That market right now, everyone said China was huge because remember all those guys from China and Seam and all them. Um, I don't know where they're at now, but South Korea is developing a huge market, especially being that Japan is 
right there per se. So yeah. that would have been great for you, brother. That would have been another, yeah, but, another but like India said, for you. Yeah, but like happened, so nothing happened. So, well, you know, but, but you however, know, you do know South Korea has zero deaths, right? I know. So like, even even if I went for for like a month. I would be stuck in quarantine for half of that. Well, so what? Get your ass over there, quarantine for two weeks, but, and stay there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I was just talking to the promoter not to uh, like though. So the plans are still happen when things open up. When that's gonna happen, I don't know. Well, you know what? Again, we're gonna have a little talk off off air, and uh, I want to try to do something on my part to see if we can connect. Uh, point a to point b to make uh absolutely. point c happen you know what i mean uh, absolutely yeah. absolutely well hey you know we're, we're we're about reaching our time uh one of the things i like to ask before you know we we hang it up is you know we we have a lot of guys that that are aspiring to be wrestlers aspiring to get in the business somehow we also have a lot of up-and-coming wrestlers that listen to this and they reach out to me and they like the fact that i asked this question so i'm going to ask again ricardo what advice would you give to these people that are listening, that are aspiring to get into our business, aspiring to go to the next level and the next level and so on? What advice would you give them um, just knowing everything that you've been through that could help them get on the right path to becoming a professional wrestler, referee, ring announcer, whatever? Well, like I, like I told you guys when I met you guys up in, in uh, earlier this year, um, there's so many aspects to this this world of wrestling. Uh, not just the performance side. There, you have to be strong mentally. Um, to have a good support system, it helps so much because it's definitely a tough battle to do if you're on your own. Um, if you have opposing forces that tell you no, it's hard. It's still doable. Um, definitely find a reputable school. Uh, find people that you trust that will guide you to a, a proper place. Um, don't just go someplace because A, it's cheap and they have a, a ring in the backyard. Well, let me ask you this. Um, Would you consider the academy a, a good place to train at? Definitely, definitely. Not, not, only, because of, not only because you're here, but uh, um, but also ass. because like, you, know, you, you guys have the history already. You guys have yeah. a history and a, and a background. You have a reputation. You have trainers that actually have been places. Uh, you ha you constantly have guest trainers that come in that have done stuff uh, that can guide you somewhere. And not only that, I mean, also, you run successful shows. Uh, Knock on wood, yes, sir. So so that definitely helps. And you're already a, a, a mainstay in that area. Right. Um, and that has connections, whether it's in Mexico or Japan or throughout the U.S. So that those are things that we all have to constantly look for. Um, also, we have to understand that wrestling is not easy. It's oh, not yeah. easy on your body. It's not easy on your mind. Uh, right now, the good thing that we have with our society is that we take, well, we try and and put an explanation point on, on the idea of mental health. Um, we try and become more aware that there are mental health issues um, that wasn't there before because we were always raised to just suck it up. Yep. Unfortunately, this is very true. So, well, so now we're in a different time time in our society where we can talk about it because wrestling is hard and it will test you. It will stress your body out and it will, it will test out your, your mental abilities. Um, but just with, with as much dark side that there is, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. And that's everything that can possibly go well with wrestling. Being in front of a crowd, living your childhood dream. Because if we realize that we are the closest thing to superheroes in real life, 
that we will become that Superman to some kid that's in the crowd that we will one day inspire to maybe want to do this because of what we just did in the ring. Yeah. And that to me is rewarding. Right. Right. Well, I think uh, this is Gabe's least favorite portion of the show. Yeah, this is great. Where we say, you know, we're out of time. I will say this before we go, man. You know, you coming out, you know, and again, th all thanks to Gabe, you know, for, for bringing you out to uh, Pro Wrestling Revolution Training Academy. You, you, you did give me a different aspect of aggression. And I, that definitely, I mean, I haven't had a chance to really like open it's, up. It, to try it's, it okay. it's, it's, pandemic, it's okay to call but, him an asshole, bro. It's okay. But, but <laughs> you, you gave me, you gave me a new aspect of aggression to, to put into my repertoire and a lot of cool, uh, lucha spots that I can use as a big dude, yeah. um, that, you know, I'll be forever grateful for brother. So when, when, when we get this pandemic over with, I, I, I pray that, you know, we can work something out to where you'll come back and train with us again Definitely. and we get to check out, you know, Winchester Mystery House. Well, uh, and we'll, we'll, drag, we'll drag Gabe with us. I, no, he hells no. No, he's going to go. Hells <laughs> no. Hey, you know, Klein Rock said he's going to go. Well, so Klein Rock, Klein Rock I'll, I'll have to tell you because, again, the Mystery House is the biggest works since Cauliflower Alley, man. Don't well, do it. I'm, I, I've never been, so I'm never been to either. I've never been to either. Well, then you know what? Yeah. Go to Mystery House then because Cauliflower is even worse, so might as well go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's the time. Uh, before we go, I'd like to ask you to give out your social media so that people can check you out on social media. Right, go ahead, man. Uh, so my Twitter is still at uh, rrwe. Uh, my Instagram is uh, the letter J underscore Rodriguez with Z eight one eight. And um, you can just follow me there and then ask questions. Uh, send me links to your matches. I'll gladly watch them, uh, and then we'll go from there. All right, all right. Gabe Ramirez, your socials as usual, brother. At PW Revolution across the boards, you know, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter. And right now, um, one of the hottest things going on uh, for us right now, separate from yes. this podcast and so on, is our PPE mass uh, based upon uh, Luchadores. Um, last night, we sold, uh, sold out of... Uh, 150 uh, Penta Venom inspired masks. We sold a hundred and in three hours, we sold over a hundred masks. It was it insane. Awesome. And now that we have Ricardo on here, we are also working on a Chimera. Who well, I was uh, just going to ask Chimera yeah. mask. So that's that's in Beautiful. the works now. Um, so reach out, you know, head on over to www.lucha dash masks m a s k s dot com um mm -hmm. and you know uh, everyone it, it supports it, it, it keeps our academy open because we're paying for it even though the pandemic is keeping everybody closed we still have to pay for it so it's helping pay the bills guys head on over any requests let us know any ideas let us know and soon we'll be having uh an update uh, on some masks we'll be adding bandito pretty soon and yeah. uh, I should be having some new designs. And in about a week or so, I'll be able to announce uh, one of the biggest legends that ever live in Mexico coming. Not even a hint? Oh, Not no. Even a I'm hint? just you know, one of the biggest legends oh. that ever wrestle in Mexico um, will be uh, making his way to lucha-mass.com. So oh. uh, follow Ricardo. Follow Mr. Papo Esco, the King Fat Boy. Follow us. And thank you so much, Papo. Well. You guys, this has been a great ride on behalf of the podcast, on behalf of Straight Out of the Bodega. Bodega, I'm Bodega, your Bodega. Ceremony. Thank you.
the king fat boy papa let's go and no, no, we, no, uh, no, no. Come on, come on, oh, come what, what? on. I want to hear. Oh, you know what? You know what? Actually, you know what? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's have Ricardo send yes. us out. Come on, Ricardo. Do it. On behalf of everybody, Papo Esco, Gabriel Ramirez, y su servidor, Jesus Ricardo Rodriguez. Muy buenas noches. All right, y'all. We out. And just like that, mi gente, that is all she wrote. Huge shout out and mad respect. A lot of love to Ricardo Rodriguez for pulling up to straight out of the bodega for a great sit down, a great discussion. So many different stories, man. A lot of wealth of knowledge, and we appreciate him coming on. We're going to have him back on again soon. You know, until then, brother, you stay safe, and I'm going to hold you to the Winchester Mystery House visit. I ain't been there. You ain't been there. So we're going to experience that together. But that's, uh, that's another story. That's all the time we got. Join us next week when we have Luchador Extraordinaire. He's been to Mexico, Japan, China, New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's a part of the, the Lions Break Collision shows that are going on right now in, in Southern California. I'm talking about my guy, Mysterio. So he's going to pull up to the podcast for a great discussion. Before you go... You're listening to us right now, and I know you're listening to us from somewhere. Let us know. Go on social media and shout out where you're listening to us from. What podcast platform are you listening to straight out of the bodega on? Is it iHeartRadio? Is it Apple Podcast? Is it iTunes? Is it Spotify? Is it Spreaker? Let us know. And also, help us get the word out. So like, rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, send an email. Pigeon Messenger, I don't know. Do whatever it is that you need to do to help us continue to do this podcast and give you the best content. Also, before you go, check us out on social media. That's straight out of the bodega on Instagram, straight out of the bodega on Facebook and on Twitter. The at that's sweeping the nation in my own mind. We had to say that. At str 8 O-U-T-D-A-B-O-D-E-G-A Straight out the bodega Give us a follow, man There's nothing that's stopping you from doing so Give us a follow, retweet our stuff You know, share, talk to us We talk back, I promise Also check me out on social media That's Papa Wesco on Instagram Papa Wesco on Facebook Papo underscore Esco on Twitter On behalf of the podcast On behalf of Gabriel Ramirez I am your master of ceremonies, the king, fat boy, Papa Wesco, and we are out. Lucha-Masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you, in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend, Ultimo Dragon. Go to lucha-masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha legends and pro wrestling revolution luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution.